0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, my, my. Oh my, you know, there, there, there's one thing that I constantly root for when it comes to this program. Just give me something to talk about. That's all I ask for out of this show. Just please, whether it's AEW, WWE, give me something interesting to talk about. And there is no shortage of that. WWE pulling a major match from SummerSlam just days before the show this weekend. Now, all of a sudden, Mr. SummerSlam himself has nothing going on. Or does he? CM Punk was asked about Vince McMahon. He did not mince any words in that situation. We are getting return upon return upon return. Undisputed Elite coming back a week after Brian Danielson makes his triumphant return. Although it wasn't very triumphant last night, was it? A shocking win in the main event for many. And speaking of shocking, holy shit. Powerhouse Hobbs laid that in we got a massive turn last night if you missed it all we got everything rolling in. oh i didn't even mention the fact that the trios titles are coming we finally get that introduction last night i mean news on top of news sp3 big day yesterday
0: it was a great episode of dynamite um after a poorly received episode including from me myself i did not like The barbed wire everywhere, overbookness, and I made my feelings very well known on here, on anywhere else I talked about it. Uh, After a week of everybody saying, oh, Triple H is going to get his revenge on Tony Khan, uh, Tony Khan came out tonight and had a damn good show. I would say the first about 35-40 minutes was some of the best television that AEW has done since March it's been that long since this was like that consistent of a first hour, first 35, 40 minutes, really strong programming, everything that happened. And throughout the night, it was very strong programming and um stuff that they set up, stuff that they are building to very much enjoyed this episode and a lot happened on it.
1: Yeah, a lot happened. And by the way, like until you said Tony Khan's name specifically, I can't. I knew I was missing something in the rundown today, right? Tony Khan making some headlines today because a lot of people were running with the report that Sean Ross put out this week about, hey, there's a lot of former uh, WWE talent, some who are free agents, some who are working in AEW who said, hey, look, if Triple H was still it was in charge when I was still there, I would probably still be there. That's all the report said, right? Is there were uh, over two dozen talent reached out to Sean Rossap or vice versa. He spoke with, said, hey, look, if Triple H was still there, I might still be there. Some of which are currently working for AEW, which immediately everybody on Twitter went, oh my God, Adam Cole's coming back to WWE. Or Oh my God, look at all of his the, the NXT guys, they're all going to come flooding back. And Tony Khan's like, I got Adam Cole and Malachi black for five years. You can shut that shit down right now. (laughs) I love it, man. I, Tony Khan just don't take no shit. Like he just doesn't like, and sometimes it's to his detriment. Like we've seen that come to bite him in the ass, but man, oh man. Like when it comes to just shutting down idiots who don't know how to understand a simple report, oh, just. just just injected into my veins so we know that Adam Cole and Malachi Black uh, are here to stay for quite some time uh that doesn't mean though that you know other free agents might not make their way back to WWE or AEW talent you know whose contracts are up soon doesn't mean that they won't go over but Tony Khan making sure that you guys know two of his crown jewels are sticking around for a long time to come before we dive into everything else because there's a lot Got to thank our partners over at Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with the first-to-market odds and lines. Get reviews, news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. I don't know why the script says even golf. I know a lot of people who bet on golf, but whatever. Even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and Futures. Head on over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device. Sign up. Make your first sports bet right now. Use our promo code BELIEVE fifty B L E A V five zero to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. This will be an AEW heavy show, as it typically is on Thursday. Uh, but one of the more bigger headlines was SummerSlam just days away now. Here SP three. Uh, it was announced on the bump that Matt Riddle is not medically cleared to compete which it was later reported that that was a kayfabe injury after he took a stomp onto the steel steps uh, this past Monday on Raw. So Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle have been removed from the SummerSlam card. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. Are you really pulling Mr. SummerSlam Seth Rollins off of the SummerSlam card when there's literally like three or four other matches you could have pulled before that one, to be completely honest? But man, you see Seth Rollins put out that tweet. That he's like, "I'm sorry, guys. I've been trying for six months to prove that I belong on this card. Thanks for singing my song. They'll hear you someday soon. A few hours later, Triple H is retweeting that saying, I hear you exclamation point. Something don't smell right with this. Something something here screams. Triple H has got something up his sleeve already. What that is, I don't know. I know a lot of people, including myself, were like, "Hey, you know, Johnny Gargano's in Nashville this weekend. We know he's already there." I don't know if he's ready to go. I don't know if he's been training, but give me 20 minutes with those two, and I'm a happy guy. I don't necessarily think that's what it is, but they're de- there's something up here, right? They're not just going to willingly pull Seth Rollins from SummerSlam week.
0: No, they got something planned. Um, it's either a big free agent, like you said, Johnny Corgano. There's Bray Wyatt out there, out oh, there. you know, Deshaun Sean Brons- The Sean Ross app report did talk about a top free agent that uh, said that triple agent, Stephanie being in power would, you know, increase the odds of them uh coming back to wwe so i could see it being either one of those i could see them taking Seth rollins and inserting him into the brock lesnar and roman reigns equation making it a triple threat last man standing match first
1: time ever let triple threat last How man standing even match. work it'd have to be elimination right you'd have to do you can't just last man standing matches seem like they last forever on their own you can't tell me it's like oh well now we gotta wait till two men are down at the same time for the count of 10 absolutely
0: (laughs) extraordinary but um me personally i feel like this is kind of hamstrung like we had a perfect scenario with wrestlemania where seth rollins you know didn't have an opponent going in. They did the whole "physic Man hand-picked opponent. It was Cody Rose, making Cody Rose his triumphant return. And they had a classic match then went on to have two more great matches, including what a lot of people are calling the match of the year, especially for WWE, that Hell in a Cell match. I feel like it's a step down if they do the same thing with johnny gargano like i love johnny gargano don't get me wrong i think johnny gargano is one of the best baby faces best in-ring workers that has come across wwe in years but for all those Seth rollins fans who are trying to convince people like you know they're, they're really they're really gearing up for Seth rollins to become the next undisputed wwe universal champion i'm sorry that's a big shot in their face if Johnny Gargano comes back to WWE and he beats Seth Rollins at SummerSlam and if it's Bray Wyatt yeah Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins that's a match that's never gone wrong so either way I'm just like I kind of would have liked to have the Seth Rollins Matt Riddle matchup actually, because that was going to be a great matchup. You, you gave it time. You gave it some, some type of buildup this. I don't know. I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to be optimistic about it because I do have trust in triple H, but this feels kind of hamstrung with the whole creative adjustments being the reason for this and not an actual injury.
1: Yeah. So, Here's the thing about Johnny Gargano. Like, I, I said my words very carefully. If you gave me Johnny Gargano and Seth Rollins in a 20-minute banger at SummerSlam, I would be a very happy guy. I don't think Johnny Gargano would get a very big reaction from a massive mainstream WWE audience. I think there would be a, a fair amount of crickets. I think there are a fair amount of mainstream casual fans Now, granted, you might have a more hardcore audience at a show like SummerSlam where you're getting your your big wrestling fans in there. So maybe I'm off base there, but maybe you get that one big pop at SummerSlam and then it's like, okay, you get a lot of people at the regular shows who are like, who the hell is this guy now introducing Johnny Gargano to the main roster, having him beat Seth Rollins. That would be a great way of saying, "Okay, he's arrived. He's here. But yeah, man, like for the Seth Rollins should be the WWE Universal champion crowd and you know i'm I'm kind of on board with that I, I think he would be much better option than roman or brock at this point yeah man this doesn't feel good to me because i don't see a scenario now if he does have a match with a random person that he's winning like what 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 good does that do? he would have won against riddle like, he would have beat riddle like he finally would have got a big win that he needed to get back into the title picture and I feel like just inserting him into the main event is lazy because it's like, what has he done other than being Seth Brick and Rollins? Has he done to her? That's Vince McMahon level booking bullshit right there. That's what we're trying to get away from. But like you said, and I'm, I'm I'm very happy to hear these words come out of your mouth for once. I am a little bit optimistic. I'm curious. I'm optimistic. I think Seth is going to be heavily featured on the show. They ain't just going to pull him. I do trust Triple H though, and I think they do have. Something up their sleeve, um, and you know what it does, it does add a little bit of intrigue to the weekend. Um, which this time last week we did not have, we had none, zero, zip, not a zilch. But then again, this time last week, Vince McMahon was still in charge of things. I can't believe it's already been a week since he retired almost. Jesus, also
0: true also true there so yeah i'm, I'm waiting and seeing but yeah it doesn't look good for the seth rollins fans that he's gonna walk out with a win here so um i'm gonna wait and see but yeah this feels very much like a vince rickman type of move more than
1: a triple h type of move yeah like but- I don't know. We'll we'll dive into it more on our uh, SummerSlam prediction show, which is coming up uh, this Friday. It's going to be myself. It's going to be Jeremy Bennett, because me and you, we, we just couldn't figure out our schedule with me traveling to SummerSlam uh, this morning, actually, uh, driving out to Nashville this morning. So uh, Jeremy's filling in for you. But we do have Tim Fiorvanti, formerly of ESPN. Uh, he's going to be joining us and uh, making all of our predictions. That show is going to drop Friday morning. So we'll talk more about this then. Uh, we trust Triple H uh it should come as no surprise that uh cm punk apparently does not uh he was a- <laughs> he was asked about this today and cm punk not one to um censor himself or close his mouth uh pretty much laid some doubts about wwe's dynamic really changing under triple h's leadership because He doesn't think that Vince McMahon is really retired. He still thinks Vince is going to be very hands-on with everything. And then he just completely went there, man, and used a prime example. And I saw a lot of people throwing this out there. I saw that loudmouth JD from New York guy talking about this. Somebody from your channel tweeted it out as well. He compared the Brock Lesnar and Sasha Naomi situation and said, hey, look, man, like, they treated Sasha, and Naomi like shit. They treated me like shit when we walked out because we had the biggest balls in the company uh, to to just say well, enough is enough and we're done. Why didn't Brock get the same treatment? I don't know if it was you who put that tweet out from the True Heel YouTube uh, you, uh, the True Heel Heat Twitter page or not, but that was before Brock came back, which I do think is is a fair difference that Brock ultimately did come back at the end of the night. But the comparison that he's thrown here, the comments that he made, is that is that fair to you? That made those comments.
0: Yes, it was me. And yes, it's fair because Brock came from all reports. Brock came back at 830. They made those comments about Sasha and Naomi being unprofessional around 8 30 when they yeah. did that so there was always a chance they had they had two and a half extra hours that sasha and naomi could have came back and returned at the end yeah. of the night to do what they had to do but they didn't even think didn't even dare to say anything like, like that about Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar had all the control. Brock Lesnar had them over a barrel in that situation, and they didn't even think about that. So yes, I think it was a fair comparison to compare those two situations because, they wouldn't they wouldn't even think about it even if Brock didn't show up if Brock would no show the entire event we would have never heard them say that Brock Lesnar let down the WWE universe because Brock Lesnar had all the control in that situation like i said before i wish Sasha and Naomi did the deed on that night and then walked out because then they would have been in control and yeah. maybe they wouldn't have been treated or had the things said about them. So it's two totally different situations, but it is two situations that you can compare of how WWE handled them.
1: the The only thing that I will say because I want one hundred percent get what CM Punk is saying and, and honestly I think he's got enough experience and enough evidence uh, to back up his claims and you know he has every right to feel as skeptical about the situation as he currently does the only thing that I will say is the guy who told Michael Cole to bury Sasha and Naomi was not there on Friday Vince McMahon was not there So uh, a a counterpoint could be made that things are different in the fact that no Vince McMahon there, somebody walks out, they didn't bury him on TV. I think, you know, on Friday, on on
0: Friday, that was before Triple H became head of creative Bruce Pritchard could have. Bruce Richard is Uh is we've we've said it once we'll say it before Bruce Richard is a puppet he's a puppet that this man is pulling the strings and Bruce Richard could have handled that situation the same exact way that Vince handled that situation but they wouldn't dare do that to Brock Lesnar that's oh, yeah. the difference that's the difference and that's why the two situations is worth comparing and Vince and CM Punk is on to something when he says that he doesn't believe Vince McMahon is really gone because you know there was an article out um over the last couple of days about Vince McMahon forfeiting his stock he forfeited about 38,900 uh, worth of his stock shares this man st- basically gave up guess how many percentage of his ownership he gave up point zero one percent of his ownership he is still an 80 percent owner so although he's retired although he's resigned we don't know if this is a cosmic move a cosmetic move yeah. to take some heat off of Vince while this investigation is going on. We don't know what is the translation of this. We don't know if Triple H has been given the position of head of creative to be the fall guy if stuff doesn't work out, if the stock price goes down, and then they're like, well, we tried with Triple H. We tried to yeah. give you what you want, but you didn't you know, the you know business didn't, didn't do so well, so we got to bring someone else in. We got to bring Vince back. We don't know. Everybody is happy for now, but I think CM Punk is just saying, guys, I don't know if anything's going to change that well. And he he kind of basically, me and CM Punk is seeing eye to eye, because I've been saying that from the very beginning that, you know, I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to have a little bit of optimism that I haven't had for my adult life when it comes to WWE, but, but, I always have that word, but. (laughs) involved with this because we don't know what's gonna happen in a week in a month in a year from here
1: that's uh, all all very fair and by the way i do 100 uh agree with you in one instance and cm punk even though he was not there that night i can 100 percent guarantee can guarantee even vince was there and still in charge he wasn't gonna bury brock lesnar there was no way in hell he was going to do that so yeah totally fair for cm punk uh to make the comments that he did that a lot of people uh were thinking about and saying very similar on social media a lot of news coming out of aew dynamite last night including the fact that look we just got brian danielson back talking about all these injuries got reports that kenny omega may be on the mend here soon coming back maybe hopefully fingers crossed by all out but We know one thing is for sure, the undisputed elite. They are making their return to AEW next week in Columbus. Thank you, because I will be there live for that show in Ohio. That's just a 90 minute drive for me as long as I go nine, you know, 15 over the speed limit, which I always do. Ain't no cops on I-71 anyway, but I'm excited for this undisputed elite i've missed adam cole i've missed the dynamic of all four of them you had the young bucks uh last night just walking around like sad sacks not even want to talk to brandon cutler on the camera even though he booked the time last night this is big i'm excited for these guys to come back
0: I'm I'm really anticipating the segment because I don't know what's gonna transpire because this segment with the young bucks was very intriguing and telling. Yeah. You know, they didn't want to speak to Brandon. They didn't care he booked the time. Uh, they didn't know about the trios title. Brandon brought it up to them and said, all your friends are gone How about you team with, with me. They totally <laughs> shut that down. And then they came across hangman Adam Page on his birthday, wished him a happy birthday. Hangman wish Nick a happy birthday. His birthday's today. Uh, you had you had that interaction. It sounded like Matt was about to apologize and reconcile reconcile with with Hangman. And then the cockblocks, known as uh Dark Order, came up at the birthday cake, wish Hangman happy birthday and got, you know, in the way of this reunion. And it seems like the young bucks are looking for that third man. Which might be a cleaner, might be the best bout machine. And we don't know how Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish is going to be thinking about what happened with Hangman. They're not going to, what they think about a looming threat of Kenny Omega coming back. And they have established themselves as an undefeated trio in AEW maybe they have their eyes set on the trio championships maybe we have a situation where adam cole is once again in the middle of his work friends and his his college (laughs) friends and he doesn't know who he's going to team up with for the trio championships there's so many different ways that they can go here but i'm very intrigued and this is something that you know We were wondering when the Young Bucks lost the tag team titles, uh, you know, two weeks ago, where were they going? And now it's very interesting, whatever path they go down.
1: You know what this felt like? I I got another one of my great analogies for you. It it felt like when the Young Bucks and Hangman ran into each other, it was like you ran into your ex-girlfriend and you started talking to her and you're like, oh, we're making nice. This is really great. And then the chick you're kind of talking to kind of walks up. Kind of walks up and is like, hey, who's this? What's going on? Hey, so about the plans we were making for the other night and just totally shit over the situation. That's exactly what happened between Adam, uh, the Young Bucks and Hangman hey Adam Page last night. But I, I agree with you. This is about to get very juicy, I think. I'm not even thinking about Kenny Omega right now. I'll believe he's back when he's back. But for me, yes, it's like Adam Cole, again, work friends, college friends, But, man, I could definitely see a situation here where the undisputed elite is about to be split in two, which they have teased heavily before. So let's dive into this. It's time to answer the five counts on the Believe Podcast Network. Tony Khan is a smart man. He ain't going to dangle the carrot unless he knows there's a chance that we're going to get that reward, right? So... I could definitely see a situation. The trios titles announced last night. Very nice. Shiny, new, shiny belts, not new belts, because they've been around for about, what, a year now. Uh, and they're finally on. They're finally going to be on television. All out in Chicago. We're going to crown the first ever trios champions. I could see a situation where we get a match where it is going to be Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish versus Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks. For the trios championships in Chicago, so I will go ahead and I will ask the question: True or false? Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks—they are going to reunite and they are going to become the first AEW trios champions. SP3: True or false?
0: I think that it's true that the Hung Bucks are going to enter, <laughs> are going to enter the trio championship tournament as a trio. They are going to get through and make it to the finals. But I think the Undisputed Elite might be the reason why Hangman Adam Page doesn't make it to All Out. And he gets taken out. And they need a replacement. And... You hear that battle cry, the one wing angel flies. And that's the call that that Kenny Omega needs. Kenny Omega replaces Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are the first ever AEW trio champions. And then we got an interesting scenario here with, you know, how his hangman can feel about being replaced by Kenny Omega. He's the one that, you know, unseated him. He, He can bring, he can come back when he's healthy and bring up the fact that, hey, matt you gave me the nod to give him the buckshot lariat after gear because that is a story thread that they left wide open in his final promo on dynamite after full gear he said i haven't gone back and watched the ending of full gear he's had what nine months nine ten months since then has he watched the ending of full gear but if If Hangman wants to be the one to tell him that what happened, what he didn't see, there's always that. There's so many different ways that they can go here and still extend this whole storyline for after All Out. But I just think the scenario of the Hung Bucks reuniting, getting to the finals, and then Undisputed Era taking out Hangman on a page for him to be replaced by Kenny Omega, that's how I would go.
1: I love it. I love it, except for the fact that Hangman Adam Page has felt like such an afterthought since dropping the AEW World Championship. And man, just to be kicked aside and replaced by his former tag team partner and rival in Kenny Omega would feel like a job. But it
0: fits fits the Hangman story so much. It It fits the Hangman story. And this... This whole segment that we saw on Dynamite last night is the most interesting thing Hangman has done since he lost the AEW, yes. Double, the AEW World Championship at yeah. Double or Nothing. And that's what I've been asking for. Just yeah. give him something interesting. And they finally put the whole story of the Hung Bucks possibly
1: reuniting on TV. So I'm here for it. I, I can't help but laugh every time I hear that name. Anyway, um, but we were talking last week. It felt, like, it felt like Hangman's been in limbo. Like they're waiting for something. Right, they're, they're they're waiting for something to do with him because he's he's just been floundering around and floating in the back and hanging out with his old buddies, Dark Order, and this that and the other thing, and nothing really of substance has has come along for him. Um, at, at least you know, post Forbidden Door, when uh, he didn't capture the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Well, now we know what it was. Now we know it's it's this story with the Young Bucks, with the Undisputed Elite coming back, and with the trios championships there. As to whether or not Hangman and the Young Bucks win it. I'm going to say false because I think because I can't because, again, I'm not going to guarantee that Kenny Omega is going to come back and be ready at all out. It's just not something that I'm going to bank on until I actually see him there. I do think it's going to be the undisputed elite, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, who walk away with those trios championships. Uh, we do have our next challenger for the uh, AEW world championship fuck that interim thing like john moxley said on on dynamite last night nobody knows how to sell a match better than john moxley and he got me hyped up for his next opponent after he beat roosh last night in a hard hitter wait quick quick sidebar question When was the last time we saw a john moxley match where he that man didn't bleed like seriously i can't recall he got busted over like two minutes into this damn match he just goes a hundred miles an hour regardless you got to respect it it
0: is moxley's uh, time of the month every single time he has a match because he all he has to do is sneeze and that man starts bleeding
1: oh man so okay he beats roosh last night great showing for roosh all that's well and good then that popular song for many Uh, hits Chris Jericho Jericho appreciation society comes down Jericho says after two and a half years it is time I want my rematch John Moxley says I hate you Chris Jericho I hate all this sports entertainment horse shit that we're doing right now I don't want none of this I want the fucking Lionheart Chris Jericho the guy that I used to idolize the guy that I used to watch on DVDs that I bought out of the back of a truck or a magazine, whatever the hell it was, something that doesn't exist anymore. So magazines, right? We're getting this match in two weeks at was Quake, Quake by the Lake, Minneapolis. Quake at the lake. Quake at the lake. Quake at the lake. Are you a little surprised that we're getting this match this soon, two weeks from now, Jericho and John? Nope.
0: No, I knew it had to happen before All Out. Um, because they place Jericho in the top five, um, they tease this matchup kind of before Forbidden Door um so yeah i'm not surprised at all that is coming this soon it makes a whole bunch of sense for me this is the type of match out that will pop a big rating for the quake at the wake oh, yeah. uh at the lake special um this is the rematch from revolution 2020 and chris jericho you know despite him being one of the bigger names in aew he's not the type of guy that i would kind of put in the main event of like a pay-per-view anymore he's the guy that you have as your kind of like spotlight spectacle type of you know upper mid card type of match on a pay-per-view and they're still building to him versus brian danielson so this is a nice little bridge into either possibly moxley versus punk at all out maybe Moxley versus someone else at All Out we don't know if Punk is going to be ready for that and but this is really the bridge for Jericho versus Danielson that's the big match that they're going to do at All Out now that Danielson is back so this is a perfect bridge for that so I'm not surprised at all and I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup
1: yeah um unfortunately this is something that screams gang wars to me as Sean Rossap would say I I I feel like there's going to be so many different people from JAS and and obviously the Blackpool Combat Club that are going to get involved in this, especially the way that Brian Danielson's match uh, went down uh, last night, which we'll get to coming up here. But, yeah, I think this makes all the, mo- the most sense, all the sense in the world to to go here. This has been the natural progression with all of the you know Eddie Kingston storylines interweaving between JAS, JAS and, and the Blackpool Combat Club. So this makes all the sense in the world to me. And it also tells me that Tony Khan is very confident that CM Punk will be ready to go by all out um, because I don't know where else they could go after that. Like, I don't know, unless maybe you, you, you pivot, maybe you go toward Eddie Kingston. I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, he and Moxley not always seeing eye to eye. That could be an interesting, fun little matchup, but um, it it just makes all the sense in the world that they would do punk and and moxley and chicago and tony khan if they're doing this match this quickly right now to get this one out of the way and move jericho on to the next thing that he's got coming up whether it's danielson or somebody else this to me says even though his foot is burning constantly 24 7 they feel like cm punk is going to be at least ready to go enough to do a match with john moxley in chicago which i think is a very 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 good news moxley should retain here It's going to get nuts. It's going to get crazy. But, hey, it's professional wrestling. Let's effing go. Last night's main event, a little crazy. Uh, Daniel Garcia, Brian Danielson, a lot of Daniels in this match. Jericho screaming Danny every five seconds. I'm like, will you stop that? I'm getting confused here. But regardless, uh, this was a really, really good match. This was one that I thought was going to be your typical Daniel Garcia match where he has a really, really good showing. But in the end, he ends up losing because more often than not, that's what Daniel Garcia is there to do. He's there to get over and defeat. But a really surprising finish where a mystery arm comes up, grabs Brian Danielson's ankle. He kicks the thing off and that causes just enough distraction uh, for Garcia to put Brian Danielson down, puts him in the sharpshooter, pins him down. Brian Danielson passes out, and Garcia gets the big win, spoiling Danielson's return last night. So a lot of people complaining about the shenanigans, saying that doesn't do much for Daniel Garcia. I again, it's Twitter man. That's the first thing that I saw is people complaining that that win. If you're going to make somebody make somebody. That's what I saw on Twitter last night. You all right with Daniel Garcia spoiling Daniel Bryant? Brian Danielson's return. Love it Daniel's. Are you are you cool with the finish last night?
0: This is new Japan booking one-on-one you had the guy who's returning who is returning before he's 100% healthy in storyline and that becomes the story that he's a little bit rusty he's like he can't go the same way that he used to Brian selling in this matchup was superb uh just him trying to do the comeback after the missile drop kick and just collapsing the, the faraway look in his eye and i know there's some people like i don't like playing like that because i was really scared that's the point that's the point stupid um you're supposed they're supposed to they're supposed to work you with that and brian did an excellent job of that and daniel garcia at the end of the day he's a sports entertainer he's a technical wrestler he's a heel that's how you piddle. you get over the heel because it's the biggest win of his career, but it's a little bit tainted. That's how he gets the heat. That's the whole point of being a heel. He can't just beat Brian Danielson clean. That's not how this works. If he was a baby face, if he was Willie Ute, then yeah, but he's a heel of course, but that was the most minimal amount of heel shenanigans that uh, he took to for him to beat him. All it took yeah. was an arm grabbing danielson's leg but it was a stalling power driver and then the red death that's not the sharpshooter because he pulls back on the ankle and he bends back that's the red death and brian danielson cut you know referee stoppage collapsing you know knocked out perfect ending brian is protected because he didn't really tap out he passed out from the pain this was a perfect ending to this match. And the second time in three weeks, they gave me a very surprising finish. The first one was serve in our glory, winning the AEW world tag team titles. And this one I didn't expect it, but it was new Japan booking one-on-one so many times someone from new japan more recently kushida Kashida made his in-ring return to new japan pro wrestling and he lost a tag team match didn't lose it because his partner lost it he lost it by being submitted by taiji shimori to show that although Kashida had been wrestling in wwe he just wasn't ready to be wrestling back in the new japan ring and this starts the story for Kashida to work his way back and to eventually verse Taji shimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship here, this sets up Daniel Garcia, gives him a big win after he lost to Willie Uta for the ROH Pier Championship but you also are setting up Brian Danielson versus Jake Hager in one of these weeks of Dynamite and then after he beats Hager he can go to first Jericho at All Out and then coming all out of All Out, he has unfinished business with Daniel Garcia. This is how you extend a feud. This was great booking, one-on-one in my opinion.
1: And and here's the thing. You could make the argument this one was going to be tainted regardless because of Brian's condition throughout the entire match. The dude could barely stand. He wasn't 100% for this match. So how can you make Daniel Garcia? How can you say he's made and he beat Brian Danielson clean if the dude was half concussed? Uh, I will say I was one of the people who was slightly uncomfortable watching the match tonight. I didn't have an issue with it per se. Uh, I'm just going to say Daniel Bryan is very good at his job. And he he sold it a little too well for me. It's it's very similar to any time Edge takes a bump on the back of his neck and he starts doing that that hand bullshit. And I'm like, cut that out, damn it! I don't <laughs> I don't need to see that shit because I fall for it every time because I'm a fucking mark. But anyway, uh, he did a really really great job last night. And look, if he was in real danger, they would have stopped that match twenty minutes uh before the end of the show and done something else. Tony Khan's very smart about having reserve matches ready to go and this that and the other thing uh i i have no problem with it because like you said i like to be surprised i like to be shocked i like to not see things coming that's three ways to say the same thing but you get my point right like if this was just a really good match with brian danielson winning i would have been like "Huh, okay cool danielson's back nothing really to talk about there Now we have some intrigue. Now we have something to talk about. And yes, it's pissing off the IWC, which always makes me a happy guy uh, in the end. I think one of the big headlines from night is, well, multiple headlines, because a lot happened last night with Team Taz. Okay, let's open up the night here with... A highly anticipated match for myself because I was hoping my boy Dan Housen would have a, at least a good showing against Ricky Starks. Uh, he did not. Uh, he, he got pretty much squashed uh, by Ricky Starks and Starks retained the FTW championship. So we saw Starks pull the exact same situation he did last week where he hops on the mic and says, I still got some in the tank. I'm ready for another challenge. I mean it this time. Let's go. Give me somebody else. Well, everybody knew who was going to answer the call at that point. And SP3 boys, Hook came down to the ring. Crowd goes nuts. Bell rings. little bit longer of a match, a much better match. And Hook comes out in the end. Ricky Starks going for the Rochambeau. He slips out, puts in the red rum. He is out. Starks taps out. And now Hook is the new FTW champion. That's already a mixed and conflicted night. But I ain't done there. We take a commercial break. We come back. Ricky Starks in the ring cuts the baby face promo of his life saying, I took metal and leather and that FTW championship. Y'all said it was a noose. I turned it into a tie. I turned that metal and leather. I turned it into gold. I did that shit over the course of the year. I made that title mean something. I am tired of waiting around. I am tired of people telling me to be patient. It is my time, and my time is right goddamn now. And then Powerhouse Hobbs says, fuck you, and just lays out his former tag team partner with authority. Up, down, up, down. Taz doesn't know what the hell to do on commentary. SP3, was this a good night or a bad night for Team Taz? I feel like depending on which angle you want to take on this, you could go either way. What is your take on what happened with Team Taz last night?
0: 100% a good night it was a good night for team taz taz was on commentary the whole night seeing everything go down ricky stark got a big win over dan Housen, but his hubris his cockiness got the best of him did the open challenge and said for this time he's gonna wrestle for sure and out comes that man hook and i i popped along with that massachusetts crowd because i was like this is exactly what i wanted this is exactly what i called for this is exactly what i predicted and i was just the inaudible scream and me dancing as hook became the new ftw champion this happened a lot faster yes i did the call i did the (laughs) calton
1: I said Carlton. I never, of course,
0: uh, I met Carlton. I, I did the Carlton. I was so happy. My boy, Hook, people doubted him. People said, oh, he he's losing momentum. He hasn't been on TV in so long. Did you hear that crowd? That crowd told you that Hook is still over, and Hook picked up the biggest win of his career. Both he and way. Dan
1: Housen are still ridiculously over right now
0: fist bump with ricky starks which was like the slight clue that we were about to get the baby face turn wow. and then we come back from break they they highlighted what happened this is what i wanted for like stuff like warlow when in the tnt championship just give us a highlight right after the commercial it makes it feel more important this made it feel more important and then ricky starks with that amazing promo the best promo of his career just so much passion so much emotion coming out of him and then powerhouse hob turning on him and betraying him and seemingly going out on his own now team taz is officially babyface because you see how over hook is as a baby face ricky starks had the crowd behind him during his promo he's a baby face and now powerhouse Hobbs is going to go on his own and be a heel and he's basically team Taz helped him have the the courage and the the comfortability and the confidence to go out on his own so it was a it it was a great little training for him and team Taz. So now he can go out on his own and be the powerhouse that he has become. This was a great night for team
1: Taz wholeheartedly. The only way you can look at this as a bad tumultuous night is if you look at it from a storyline perspective of, okay, Ricky lost. Oh, but hey, uh, hook won. Okay, that's good. Oh, man, did you see that pop that Ricky got? Oh, man, he's over. Oh, damn, what is Powerhouse doing, right? So, like, Team Taz is all over the map, right? But what this did was it made, you made all three members of Team Taz in one night. In one damn fell swoop, you gave Hook his first title win, massive pop, big moment, winning the title that his dad created, that he, that he coveted, that was on his mantle when he was a little boy excellent. You turn Ricky Starks baby face. You give that that passionate promo, which was just spectacular. You said his best one so far. I agree. And that's saying something because he's one of the better talkers in AEW and in all of professional wrestling. Had that crowd eating out of the palm of his hand. Had me eating out of the palm of his hand. And then that big, beefy, some bitch powerhouse Hobbs just completely wipes his ass out. One big bear claw just like the big giant hand and jackass just took his ass down. And it's like, Oh, that guy's a massive threat. Now you made all three members in one night. It was an excellent night for team Taz last night. And I think Ricky Starks is, is going to be highly elevated coming off of this. I think he is going to be white hot. The program that he's going to do with powerhouse Hobbs is going to be very, very interesting. Because I don't know if, if Hobbs can match Starks verbally, right? I, I don't know how that is going That's to fair. go because I, because I think Starks is going to roast his ass on the microphone. But I might be surprised. I don't know. Uh, so this is going to be a big test for Hobbs. But it's going to be fun and it's going to be interesting uh, moving forward. There is part of me, though, that wonders. How much time Ricky Starks has left on his deal? Is it sad that I'm 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 already there that I'm thinking about this because he cuts that promo. He's like, I'm tired of waiting. It's my time. I'm tired of people telling me patient. I'm ready to take this fucking industry by storm. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, you know, he talks a lot with Cody. Still considers Cody a mentor. Triple H is in charge now. He signed his contract in 2020. How much time does he have left with the company? I don't know. He could be there for another two and a half years, but this might be just coincidence maybe but maybe now tony khan's going shit maybe i should push this guy a little bit because his contract might be coming up here soon i I might just it, total reckless speculation on my part but it is our favorite game here on pro wrestling i'm just saying i'm just throwing it out there. uh jungle boy you want to talk about promos of uh their career so far uh jungle boy coming out with the jungle big boy language last night just flat out calling Christian Cage the biggest pussy he has ever seen in his life uh calling out his wife divorcing him on television just straight up savagery from Jungle Boy last night so I'll ask it who went who went there further who crossed the line further is what we got from Jungle Boy last night or what we've been getting out of Christian Cage the last couple of weeks
0: it's definitely christian cage this felt a little a little forced at times i think he got more comfortable the more he was talking out there for jungle boy and i did like seeing that you know he he became a jungle man during this <laughs> promo with the language yes. that he was using you know talking about christian getting his uh bitch ass divorced uh calling him the biggest pussy ever seen in his life loved it loved all of that but then christian got on the mic and said i'm gonna put you in a body bag and bury you next to your father oh my god i was like i was like dang jesus i was like that one line was worse than anything jungle boy had to say so yeah i think christian still got him beat
1: yeah um i i uh... This is part of the reason why i I love a e w is because you don't get this kind of shit anywhere, like this is heated, this is personal. they have built a rivalry off of stuff that you would never ever hear uh over in the e maybe now you know with being t v fourteen but who knows we'll see down the line, but this is this has gotten real heated, real personal. Uh, The one big thing that I was really focusing on tonight is did we, were we going to get an explanation about why Luchasaurus was standing up next to Jungle Boy after standing there for weeks with Christian Cage? And we did. It was very subtle saying, hey, look, he wasn't out there protecting Christian Cage. He was out there making sure nobody else got to him first before me. Effective. I don't necessarily know if I buy it. I still don't know if Luchasaurus is fully next to Jungle Boy. What'd you read into that situation?
0: I was fine with the explanation and the fact that they actually gave us one. I'm not used to that always in my wrestling. So that was a little bit refreshing, but at the same time, it still feels like the wrong decision. It still feels like, you should still have Christian manipulate uh, Luchasaurus. So I liked Christian's line saying that, you know, you looked more powerful than you ever did next to me. And now you just went back to being um Jungle Boy's little bitch. Like so, so, or his lab dog. So lab yeah, dog. Yeah, that was he needs to, he needs to become, become the dinosaur that Christian wants him to become instead of the dinosaur that he's always been
1: remember we're back you, you ever watch that cartoon we're back with the yeah the, the cartoon dinosaurs who are all goofy and silly and then they meet the, like the ring master that turns them into like the vicious dinosaurs that they used to be right that's where that, that's where we're at with luchasaurus right now is he going to be the goofy cartoon dinosaur or is he going to meet the ringmaster, which is christian and then he's going to turn into the big badass t-rex he's still coming down there in like the the slate black awesome ass look and i'm going man he's still dressing like a heel but then I'm looking at Jungle Boy and I'm going, "Damn, man, he's just matching the fucking jacket that he's wearing. Like he's just accessorizing." So it's like I don't know which way they're gonna go, which is kind of brilliant on AEW's part. But yeah, I I want big badass heel Luchasaurus. It was excellent what we were getting out of him. That's Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy's got a bright future as a singles competitor. I don't know what luchasaurus's ceiling is, but I know it's not very high being jungle boys lapdog i would like to see him branch out on his own because i feel like this guy is is a cane level monster except he can actually work (laughs) you know what i'm saying so i i I feel like there's a much better ceiling for him as this unstoppable force monster and i don't care if he is a dinosaur like I, i don't care that doesn't bother me i was also one of those dudes who wasn't bothered uh, by chris statlander being an alien no they're just characters it's a tv show after all appreciate you guys tuning in today make sure to give us the thumbs up there make sure to hammer that subscribe button inch and ever so close to 400 subscribers we appreciate you we love all you guys who join us every single week uh make sure to check out my interview with happy corbin or my interview with athena or my interview with renee paquette all still relevant all still good uh you know, Appreciate, again, everybody who's checked that out or read about them on Cage Side Seats. Can't thank you guys enough. SP3, big weekend ahead, SummerSlam weekend. Again, we got our prediction show coming out on Friday. I'm going to be at the Press Junket on Friday, which means I'm going to have more interviews dropping here very, very soon. You also got a lot going on in the True Heel Heat YouTube channel, so tell the folks about it.
0: Yeah, I'll be on the True Heel Heat YouTube channel about Four straight days to, uh, later today at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, I review AEW Dynamite in a little bit more detail, segment by segment, with my good brother Jimmy Macaram uh, for AE Ramble episode 53 on Friday, 12:05 p.m. Eastern Time, myself and Kenny Bolin will preview WWE SummerSlam True Heel Heat 186 on Saturday at 11:05 a.m. Eastern. Time, it's a big one because we got two special guests. The one, the only, the master of ceremonies here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, Rick Uchino, as well as the legendary Dutch Mantel. The Smack Talk Trio will be bringing the heat, no filter, no structure, not, not how no time usually. limits, no time limit, no, it's a, it's a no time limit, two out of three falls matchup. <laughs> (laughs) with us three and Miss Chrissy Love. We're going to be talking about the week in wrestling. Triple H as new head of creative. We're going to ask Dutch Tell his thoughts on Physic Man's retirement. Does he think Triple H will be successful for the company? Does he see big changes? We'll talk about it all on True Hill Heat 186 and get the final predictions before SummerSlam. The fellas will be live at 8 8 p.m. Eastern time on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel with our watch along for WWE SummerSlam. And then on Sunday at 11:05 a.m. Eastern Time, myself, Miss Chrissy Love, and Stephanie Hypes will review WWE SummerSlam in full detail. So that's on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. T R U H E E L H E
1: A T. True Hill Heat. Check it out. Follow him on Twitter at True Heel SP3. Follow me at Rick Uchino, UCCHI. And no, oh, thank you guys. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, 7 a.m. SummerSlam weekend. Get hyped. Who knows what the hell is going to happen this weekend? It's crazy. It's uncharted waters, unprecedented times. The world of professional wrestling. Thank you for joining us here today on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, brought to you by Bet Online.